The Spanish Announce Table. Episode 395 of the Spanish Announce Table, Tom. We just finished AEW Dynamite's Quake by the Lake, which was, what was this, Minnesota? Am I remembering yes. this correctly? Mm-hmm. The which Twin is Cities. Not, right, which is not the Mistake by the Lake, which was Cleveland, which is where Raw was this week. And more on that later, right? But let's, I mean, we love to get into AEW Dynamite, which, by the way, because we're cool. And <laughs> love you, Justin. <laughs> we are. Justin Summers, great friend of the show. Check out his TikToks uh, and his podcast. Um, but we, because we love AEW Dynamite and AEW so much, we decided, also because we're ballers, uh, that we're going to go to All Out this year. So I'm super excited for that. Uh, hit us up. I think, uh, I think we got tickets to all three events. Now, if we go to all three, we'll see. I don't know what I bought, but I know for sure we're going to All Out. We might be going to Rampage. We might be going to Dynamite. We might only go to All Out, but we're going to be at the Now Arena for sure on Sunday night, September 4th in the great state of Illinois. And we are going to be talking and watching some AEW. So if you're in the area or if you're going into the area to watch that event, Come find us. We'll probably have our Spanish Downs Table t-shirts on. We'll be talking to you. We got TikToks coming. We got live tweets coming. We got YouTubes coming. So be sure to be into all of our social media channels. And it is going to be such a great time. I am so excited, especially after the ending of this AEW Dynamite episode and what could be foreshadowing the main event for All Out. But We'll get that to that in due time. Tim, like you said, we just got done with AEW Dynamite. You want to talk about it? I do want to talk about it. Sorry, I was checking on the uh, live streams over here. And speaking of the live streams, that's YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter, simul streaming. Uh, maybe not on the Twitter right now. That's what I was checking out. That's why I was no, a little preoccupied. You know but you know what? Hey. Even you know, Babe Ruth struck Who the hell watches the good. Twitter live stream anyway? Watches on the YouTube and, and Twitch. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you what, Tim. Everyone's watching us on the Twitter and YouTube stream. We are on the road to a hundred thousand. Now, what that exact number is, you don't need to know, but we are on the road to a hundred thousand live streamers, live people interacting with us, and we're excited about that. But let's talk about AW Dynamite Quake by the Lake. And it kicked off with the coffin match, huh? Yeah, starting off with the spooky stuff. I love it. Brody King taking on Darby Allen. Full disclosure, I thought this was going to be the main event. I thought because of the spookiness and a coffin, I thought that like coffin uh, shutting would be how we ended the episode. And I thought we were going to kick off with the uh, title match just because it was Moxley and Jericho. I didn't think there was going to be a title change. So I thought spookiness would win. I was wrong. But yeah, coffin match, Darby Allen, Brody King. We got to see it. There was a lot of violence, some blood, especially from Brody King, some spookiness, as you mentioned. What else did you think about this match? There was a lot of blood from Brody King. Um, I thought they did really well in this match, though. I thought all of their timing went well. There wasn't a whole lot of lull. There wasn't these rest spots. And they they did all the flips and shit, got everything in without having too much of the, what I always argue is the, you know, the stand up and wait because I stood up before you were ready to jump kind of thing. I thought they pulled that off exceptionally well for a gimmick match like this. And that ending, uh, I mean, look, you only have one chance to stick that ending, and they did it well. Loved it. I thought it was really done well. I 
thought all parties did really well because, you know, we had the lights go out. We had the rest of the house in black, which we'll talk about in a little bit later from a promo from Miro. Uh, but we had the house in black appear. Then they go to the coffin because they think they're going to throw Darby Allen in there. And guess who's in there? It's fucking Sting with all of his makeup still on. Remember the last time he was in a uh, enclosure and had to wait there for a while? He was waiting on Seth Rollins and Triple H to unveil or unveil the um, statue and the, some of his makeup had gone away. Stings. But not this time because it's AEW. And in AEW, Sting doesn't miss. And I wanted to read really quick. Uh, something about that because our good friend uh where is it at here as i kind of bias sometimes oh, on the twitter our good devil friend vamp. yeah no uh our good friend uh at devil vamp oh devil he vamp. says he says um where is it this oh is here great it is. radio Oh, you know, hey, hashtag, he goes, here he goes, at Devil Vamp says, still don't understand the sting thing, mm. but I thought the ending was good. Saw the setup for a mile. Sting is overrated, always has been. Good match. Hashtag AEW Dynamite, hashtag Tweet the Table. And Devil Vamp, you're wrong. <laughs> I, I like that he was like, he was like, your breath smells bad. Your mother was a whore. You're ugly. But you're a good driver. Good match. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so here's the thing. You're wrong. Uh, Sting has never been overrated. Maybe he was overused towards the tail end of WCW. But let's all be honest. No one was watching. Maybe he was being a little bit too heavily pushed in TNA. But again, nobody was watching. The two most prominent times in his career, early WCW to middle of WCW when Hulk Hogan comes. And then wwe and aw he's been properly where he's been needing to be at now again the seth rollins match with the title thing that was an injury no one could have planned for that so let's excuse that for real circumstances but his aw run it's not as if he's got any title shots or that he's done you know any uh shenanigans to cost people matches he's just been the old guy that's been guiding darby allen's career and then if you want to step up He's going to say, run with it or run from it, motherfucker, and have a baseball bat and says, who wants some? So, like, why do you hate on that? That's great. That's fun. It's old man energy. I'm getting older. Father time is coming for me, too. So I love Sting a little bit more. Fucking Sting's great. Yeah. Hey, oh, who doesn't uh, love a Stinger splash? Tweet us your thoughts on Sting with hashtag tweet the table. Maybe we'll read them on next week's show. Yeah. And who doesn't love the Stinger splash? Seriously. The stinger splash is one of the coolest moves when he was in his prime, really doing it. And you hear the, ah, it was so fucking yeah. cool. Yes. Yes. It was now, great 30 years ago. Hey, you know hey, what? what? So was the Mustang and got plenty of those motherfuckers yeah. on the road too. So you know I what I mean? I might've been great 30 years ago also. Yeah, exactly. Knows? Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> so anyhow, uh, at double vamp thought, uh, th thought it was a good match, which it was, um, but he is wrong on all other accounts, but, uh, so we don't kind of spoil the lead here. Darby Allen wins the match. He chokes uh, Brody King from the ring. Brody King goes Boss unconscious, falls, yeah, falls onto the ring, then falls into the coffin. Darby Allen is your winner. So what happens here? Because we did see Sting, as I mentioned. You saw the the one eye missed thing that he's now also playing into but it didn't seem like he was necessarily affected by that he did all the sting you know 
tropes where he throws the bat to Malachi Black. Malachi Black doesn't necessarily like that. So he says, not on your terms, pal. What do you think about the sting that we saw? And what do you think about the fallout from this coffin match? Yeah, I wish we would have got something with an inkling of anything leading to spooky sting, right? Like something, something. I wouldn't mind sting being a heel Oracle for the house of black, right? Like, like give us something cool and we have time to get there. It, yeah. You know what I mean? And if anybody's kind of thing, right? If anybody, it takes a little longer to affect. I mean, you're going to say sting. Sure. Fine. Whatever. Right. Like, okay. Right. Yeah. Um, Good call. I hope yeah. Right. If, yeah. If anyone on the AEW roster could maybe withstand spookiness, it's the guy who's seen, you know, the, the, um, dungeon and all other types of spooky characters in wcw vampiro all those likes so yeah he might say like i can withhold for another two months but then the power's too much he he would come or he would uh stands with uh the the, the house of black yeah. da, 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 right yeah we'll see yeah um check out the youtube okay. chat by the way though theo 75 did remind us he said father time is coming for t-mac by clipping the back of his knees um so watch <laughs> out for that one <laughs> i don't have any knees they're filled yeah. with arthritis already been clipped <laughs> yeah yeah boy and katie first lady no... oh go ahead i oh, said no. i got no mcls <laughs> yeah, so yeah what's what's what yeah what's father time gonna do uh yeah. katie first lady says happy punk is back first time in a long while i'm enjoying both wwe and aew i hope to keep it going or or i hope to keep loving it excuse me each week both need to keep bringing their best um and yeah we're gonna get into that uh punk return uh in a little bit crazy oh time. yeah we're gonna go yeah. in chronological order but we'll but get we encourage you all to to hop in the chats twitch youtube twitter get on it oh and you know you can listen to the podcast tool uh too but you know you know you'll wish you were with us live Oh, it's more fun when you're with us live. Yeah. Let's get back to We're better in person. I mean, honestly, I mean, really let's get back to AEW dynamite here. So backstage we get dueling promos. John Moxley essentially just says, uh, Jericho, I'm gonna kick your ass. Now, one thing that foreshadowed potentially now looking back hindsight's 2020 is that John Moxley said, I'm tired of calling this belt, the interim championship. Which then, you know, again, fast forward, like Katie said, we saw CM Punk. I thought that was a cool detail now knowing what we know at the end of the show, right? Chris Jericho, he does his promo. He says he's the Lionheart. That's fine. He looked more like the Lionheart than he ever has in recent memory. Did they do a, a TikTok filter on this guy to make him look younger all of a sudden? What was going on here? What did we do? I tell we do you some what. camera trickery? I tell you what. Uh Chris Jericho hasn't met an enhancement he hasn't loved. And so whatever it was this week, he this did it. You know go I mean? get like a whole face Botox just for this. Oh, <laughs> and that body, he has to get his abs stapled. It's so weird what he's doing to his torso. I mean, God bless him. He looks great, but it's so weird that it was that quick. And then it at that keeps age. getting wider. It keeps looking more, you know what I mean? Like a, like a parallelogram like yeah more it looks like a it looks like a griddle that just broke you know what i mean like he pressed it down but then it slid a little bit yeah that's what it looks like to me uh let's get back into then ring action we get a tornado tag team match lucha bros versus andrade and roosh this tim i thought was the first bad match in my opinion from the lucha bros 
Lucha Bros typically, bop, 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 bop. this one, there was a lot of pinning them. Yeah, this one, there's a lot of, I'm going to pin them. Oh, wait a minute. We forgot a move. So let me get up. Then let me hit up that move. Then let me pin them. But that was a kick out. There was some whistling to like, hey, remember, get over here. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I'm over here. Uh, and the finish. Look, I said this uh, on our Twitter uh, at Table Show. Again, we live tweet during AEW Dynamite and Rampage. But at what point are we going to just call Pinta stupid for all this mask stuff? Like you have to, what, what did you say before we recorded? He has to like uh, put a bike lock. Yeah, let's on get a his... bike lock on that shit or something like, right. <laughs> something can we get because... something that somebody can't rip off of your face easily? Yeah. Because, and here's the other thing uh, to the best of my knowledge. Now, maybe it's happened before and I just can't recall it right now, but we don't fact check, but I can't think of this happening to Ray Phoenix. Seems like it always happens to Pinta and Hey brother, you're costing a lot of matches hey, for, for the Lucha bros. So maybe uh, re-examine kind of what you're doing in the ring because uh, you're kind of looking like a goof. Now, if, you know, breaking kayfabe here for a second, how about we just try something different, right? Let's just not do the mask thing when we get stuck in a corner of like, what, how do we get out of here? Well, the mask, well, that's okay. Then it is, it's like, they didn't really beat us. And it's like, man, come on, right? Because the Young Bucks did it. Um, I think FTR did it. Now Andrade and Roosh did it. There's some other ones in there that I'm probably forgetting, but the match was a little bit sloppy. Felt like there were some spots that were missed. And then on top of that, the finish was unoriginal and kind of uninspiring. Yeah, and I just am... I, I know we keep saying it, so I don't want to keep harping on it and sound like a broken record, but I'm tired of this. ROH is just here. And they're just going to wrestle some of these matches. Like, I just, it's not a story that. Well, here's is the intriguing. thing for me. Yeah. Here's the thing for me, though. Andrade, you got to do something now. You can't just say, I got money and then I wrestle. And on top of that, how about diversify your opponents? Feels like the only people you're wrestling are other Mexican wrestlers. And I'm not saying you shouldn't wrestle other Mexican wrestlers. But what I am saying is there's a whole other roster. Why don't you wrestle? I don't know. Claudio. Why don't you wrestle? Jay lethal, Eddie Kingston. Like just, it just feels like Andrade stays with the Mexican wrestlers. Now I know he had the match with Cody and there are examples that we can point to, but for the, the bulk of his AEW career, it's just other luchadors. And that just says to me, like, we don't want to play with others, right? It kind of feels like the Young Bucks where they like to do their stuff with their friends, but they're not really going to mess with Powerhouse Hobbs because we just don't know him. So we're going to stick with Hangman. Speaking of, the next segment we go backstage. Young Bucks are saying, hey, Cutler, film this because you're going to love it. We're going to get this documented for the world. They walk into the locker room. Hangman's hanging out with his buddies, the Dark Order. And the Young Bucks, you know, pour out their heart, give their remorseful, uh, teary apology for all the bad things that they did with Hangman. And it seemed legit. It didn't seem like there was ulterior motives there. 
And then towards the end, Matt Jackson, I learned his name, uh, Young Buck 2. He says, hey, Hangman, why don't you join us for this trios match, this trios tournament? And Hangman, all the while grinning, kind of agreeing that the best times were when they were together. And so when the question's asked to Hangman, he gives them a big old fuck you. And he says, I ain't going to do it. What'd you think, Tim? Uh, Matt Jackson is young buck one. Mm. He's the primary young buck. Is he? I like the other one. Oh, uh, I mean, uh, that aside, like I always felt like the, the lead young buck to me. Oh, I always just Jackson. went with who I like more. Like oh. the young buck one is in the number one spot. The young mm. buck two is like him. So mm. interesting. Now, look at that. We figured out our numbering system. I like that. Mm. That's good. Mm. Yeah. Uh, well, you know. I like this segment, though. This is an interesting wrinkle, right? Are you boxing somebody over there? What are you? There's a big ass buck. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I thought I was have to kill something on air. Go ahead. Go look, ahead. Look, I'm we're like, we're in the same room, right? Magic yeah, television. Like, oh yeah, I see the bug. Look, yeah, yeah. It's right, it's right ah! there. It's right. Yeah, okay. Did you get it? No. <laughs> Anybody listening to podcasts hates this segment. <laughs> Well, while Tom freaks out about that, um, no, I like this segment a lot. I like that Hangman is able to kind of be like, hey, I knew this was coming. Uh, first of all, Young Buck One gives the the romantic comedy speech uh, of this storyline, right? The like, I know I fucked up, uh, but it was always you, right? Like that, mm-hmm. that speech, loved it. And I love that Hangman has made his peace and moved on, right? Like he's not, you know, he's not clamoring for the attention of these guys. And so he's like, hey, listen, you know, appreciate, appreciate your words and your things. And that's cool. But like, this is their deal. And, you know, I'm backing them and that's got to take more precedence. Now, the Young Bucks were hurt. They didn't seem angered, right? But they were hurt, right? Well, yeah. And like you said, the reasoning was, hey. During that time period, you did leave me and they didn't. So I have to be loyal to who was there when times were tough. And that's an admirable thing. It's the face move. Well, I want to take a quick sidebar and I want to jump over to the WWE and then we're going to get back into AEW. But this leads into a perfect uh, example of what baby faces do in 2022. So I'm going to jump over real quick to Ronda Rousey versus Liv Morgan, their match at SummerSlam. And Ronda Rousey has the arm bar, but her shoulders are down. Liv Morgan taps before the three. The ref says, hey, actually, the three count. That's what I saw. That's what wins. The babyface move is to own up to what actually happened. Restart but this Liv match. Morgan, yeah, yeah, Liv Morgan took the cheap way out, raised the title, walked out, I'm still champion, and thus, the next time she's on TV, she's getting booed out of the building because that's not what a baby face does. So here, going back to AEW, if Hangman just goes, yeah, man, Young Bucks, those were the best times. Let's jump on that horse and win these trio titles. As a baby face, we'd go like, no, you're a dickhead. You're just a front runner with whoever the coolest guys are. And so you don't even 
You're not even loyal to any of your friends. This, what Hangman did tonight, is how you book baby this faces. This warms our hearts. Yes, this is how they don't get booed the next time you see them. Yeah. So, yes. Well, take note. And Triple so H. we have so many ways to go here, right? We have a potential return from Kenny Omega to muddy the waters. The the angle I would like to see is okay. Is the Young Bucks are, are are have asked Hangman, come do this, right? Come be our third. Hangman says can't, you know, because when you guys weren't there, they were here, and now I'm here for them. This is their spot. I can't go against them. The Dark Order's got to be like, we appreciate that, but like. We don't want to hold you back as well. So, like, thank you, and that means a lot, right? But, like, you also deserve a chance, and don't don't let us get in the way, and you guys go get it. And then in the finals, who's meeting up, right? Dark Order and the Hung Bucks, and the Hung Bucks win. And then the Dark Order's like, oh, man, fuck. <laughs> like, and Hangman even kind of feels bad, right? And then so then there's that, right? Like, he did the face thing, but now – now we feel bad for the Dark Order again, right? Like, subtlety there would be good. Um, the Kenny Omega okay. thing is going to be good. Um, what and when? I don't think this happened anytime soon, but when did we get the Brandon Cutler moment, right? Like I don't when... know, because that's what I was going to say. Mm. We leave this segment with Brandon Cutler saying, hey, Young Bucks, I think he was talking about me. And they're like, shut up, cut the shit, you know, Jade Cardinal. But, mm. like, turn the camera off. It's not you eventually there does have to be a moment where Either Brandon he heals them over or when they're heals again, he gets a big face moment. He's got to get one over on these guys, right? I, well, I think it, yes, I think, or I think it needs to be when the young bucks are down and out and all is lost and the world is crumbling around them. Brandon Cutler throws the camera to the side and then stands up and is this beacon of light for the elite. And they're like, Oh sheet You were always the chosen one. And he's like, you fucking right. You know, like yes. that could be the moment where he's the fucking man in the elite. I don't think that happens next week, but Pulling yeah, down the TNT cool title or something when they're yeah, exactly. all losing everything. Yeah. And they're, they're yeah. all like, Fucking, oh he's, he's got this belt and he's like, what's up guys? And they're like, fuck, what? <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, that yeah. would be great. So I do like what you propose though. Dark Order meets Hung Bucks in the, in the uh, finals of this trios tournament. Mm. And I think it would be even better if through circumstances, Hangman is the one who has to make the cover. Like he's like, I'm the legal man. Evil Pins Uno's Johnny unconscious. Hungy. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. And then he goes, one, two, three. And then does like the Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels WrestleMania moment. And he just holds his head and they cry together. <laughs> that would be so much fun. Oh, yes. that would be great. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. Now, percentage. I want I, I want a percentage from you. What's the percent we see? Kenny Omega as the third person in this tag team. And this one's hard because I don't even know. I haven't been paying attention to any dirt sheets or anything. So I don't know ah, that's stupid. in that regard. Right. right? Um, yeah. Storyline wise, I feel like it, it feels like a hundred percent, but I'll say because it's pro wrestling, I'll give it, I'm going to give it a 73.29% chance. Oh, Tim. 
I love when we do our fantasy booking here. I don't know if the audience does, but I love it. It seems like you have fun Fuck with it's it our too. show. Yeah, it's our show. Ah! <laughs> Tell me what you think about this. It is Kenny Omega, right? Kenny Omega is the third person. Oh my God. The, the, the super elite or whatever the fuck they're calling themselves. They are the trios. Like they're going to obviously win this tournament. Dark order wins their first round match, but in doing so, let's say it's Eve Luno hurts his knee blows out his ACL. He can't continue in this mm. tournament anymore. Hangman inserts himself in the dark order. Now it's hangman 10 Johnny Hungy. And then we get dark order hangman versus super elite. Then we get some fun da, 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 under layers. You can peel this on yeah, back 15 times. They profess their like sorrowing words of bro love to the hangman and now here's kenny omega who's probably still like fuck that guy <laughs> exactly yeah, that guy sucks and guess what oh and here's the thing that would be even more fun oh god this is this is when storytelling's fun because you never know where it can go and there's so many possibilities that i that i love them all here's the other thing kenny omega does show up they win their first round match but they take a couple weeks to do their second round match right kenny omega says hey Prove your allegiance to me, motherfuckers. You guys screwed me over in that title match. Don't tell Hangman he's a piece of shit. Like, he's making them be heels to where he's bullying them around because it's like, no, I I did watch that match while I was recovering, and I saw you guys not stand up for me. So now you stand up against him for me. And they're like, oh, shit, right? That would be fun. The other yeah, get in their heads, right? Like, yeah. look, he already left you. If you want any friends, you come with the guy who makes like, you the most money. The only guy who's giving you a friendship line here. Yeah. Now, here's the other thing, though. Possibility that next week, Young Bucks, well, we couldn't find a tag partner. We couldn't find a tag partner. So, you know, they're going, they're going, they're going. Towards the end, Hangman does run down, gets on that apron, gets the tag does the buckshot lariat they all hug and then he looks to the dark order and he's like i'm sorry huh what happens there you like, I like that, that too i like that too yeah anything that that would continue this like ever flowing well, who's friends with who man you my friend or you their friend are you my friend you're their friend it's so it's so high school but that's why it so works right? yes exactly yeah more high school drama in pro wrestling is entertaining because let's not let's all be honest with ourselves in high school if it wasn't you that drama was entertaining mm -hmm. so like have it in pro wrestling i think it's great uh all right let's get back on track uh next up we had a squash match luchasaurus uh one-way traffic just runs through anthony henry which good to see friend of the show jd drake uh outside uh in the corner for anthony henry but this last could have mentioned his minute. fucking name though put some respect on that name i know and you know again who's friends with who's uh i thought jd drake was in um the 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 hunks the vax wax and um hot boy summer Is that a thing All, anymore the wingman that's who i'm talking the about wingman. i don't know i hope so God, that was so i love them loved the wingman pinky's up yeah pinky's up yeah luchasaurus Still coming out to the heel music, the heel attire, and the heel move set. Something's not smelling right here. He he gave us a little bit though, because 
Jungle Boy runs backstage to get at Christian because Christian's again just saying like, ha, 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 I can kick your ass. Jungle Boy goes, all the security is holding back Jungle Boy. Luchasaurus gets in there and it's just like destruction. Now, again, we don't know why, but he does help Jungle Boy. So we'll see where this goes. I'm interested. Yeah, I just I don't believe that all of a sudden like like Luchasaurus was just faking Christian now he's all face again, always was face. It was all a ruse, but yet now he's going to wear the black. Now he's going to have the sinister moves. Now he's going to look like he's ready to eat people's fucking necks. So like, I don't right. Yeah. Something there's still something coming here. Something's coming. Another thing that has some intrigue to it. Uh, we get a backstage promo from Miro. Miro is talking about how he went to hell and it was empty because all the demons are here. Oh, yeah. And then Julia Hart yes. walks up and touches his face. And he's like, only one woman does it. And that's not you. And then Miro says, tell the house of black. That the path to God is clear and it goes through the house of black. Now, the detail that was pointed out to me on Twitter that I really enjoyed is after he says all of this and Julia Hart kind of smirks as like, we got him, you know, <clears throat> Mira walks towards the light. Mm-hmm. Huh? He yeah. walks towards. Yeah. God, uh, for saying, well, the thing know? I like too, when, when she was like, embrace the gift or whatever, and whatever. And he was like, he was like, tell them thanks for the gift. He's like, I own it now and I'm going to use it to kill them. <laughs> I was like, oh, gee. Well, he calls them pagans, I yeah. think, right? Yes. He said, tell your pagans yes. mm-hmm. that uh, I accept their gift. So it's obvious that like <laughs> this is a uh, ends justify the means to him. He is just saying, I need to get to that. So I guess, you know, somewhat to what Hangman did with the Dark Order, we thought, where it's I need to get to the championship. So I guess I'll befriend these dorks. In a little bit more sinister way, Miro is saying to get to God, I got to just pal around with these fucking idiots. And so let me get to that person. But again, he walked towards the light, which makes me think maybe there's a baby face turn down the road. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. This Miro thing is interesting. I, I like this character. Um, Miro's in the news a lot, right? People are saying that he's, you know, he liked oh, the tweet about, you know, not yeah. being used or whatever. Um I just the the creative freedom that we've gotten out of Miro here, right? Versus yeah. Rusev there, even though Rusev there had some creative masterpieces. Mm-hmm. Um, I I man, I I do wish we could find a way to get him in in like a higher spot, maybe. Um, you know what I mean? Like the the ultimate prize somehow involves the world title at some point, but I I can't get enough of Miro on my TV. That's where one one criticism I would present to Tony Khan if I ever got the chance to talk to him is now that we're three plus years into AEW, I would like to see a little bit more intermingling. For example, Miro's never even looked or been in a match against the Young Bucks. Now I know he's hurt, but like Kenny Omega and Powerhouse Hobbs, to the best of my knowledge, have had no interaction. Ricky Starks and John Moxley have had no interaction. So like I need, I get it. We're all friends, right? So Eddie Kingston and John Moxley are going to hang out in this little circle here. And the young bucks and Adam Cole are going to hang out in this circle here. But I, I want a little bit yeah. more 
meshing because then Miro taking on a Kenny Omega would be fresh. Well, yeah. The thing with Miro, though, too, for me is like, yeah, I mean, we're three years in. I know he was hurt for some of this, but uh, I mean, Miro is the guy that can be on the Tonight Show and be entertaining and capture mainstream media attention. Mm -hmm. Uh, So him not having a world title run in three years is a bit odd to me. Again, I know he was hurt for a large, you know, a good chunk of that so but that tnt run was awesome he it made was. the tnt mm-hmm. championship all all respect to brody lee uh all respect to any of the other tnt champions but the best tnt champion in my opinion has been miro i think he's been absolutely awesome um okay so let's get back into it here uh we get mark henry interviewing his son powerhouse hobbs and i mean don't they look like, like they look related it's like it's like if if Mark Henry went back 20 years, this is Powerhouse Hobbs, or it's like Powerhouse Hobbs looking in the mirror of what his future is. It's like, this is you in about 26 years. Um, but QT Marshall interrupts Powerhouse Hobbs. And the interesting thing here is Powerhouse Hobbs says, don't let your problems be my problems. I haven't been watching the darks and the elevations, but this new look for Nick Camarado. Oh, it's so fun. I need more of this, right? If they're a little bit uh, of this like Jersey, you know, wannabe street gang, this this Cutie Marshall group I might, you know, we might actually, oh shit, we might actually make sure Cutie gets on the show. You we know? need to, or at least Nick Camarado gets on the show, dude. Yeah, know? that looking like a looking like a, a damn uh, what was his name, um, Prince Albert, right? <laughs> looking like that. Uh, love it. Here's here's the other thing too that would be fun is if some type of heel team up through a financial transaction you get nick camarado with the 2.0 guys and they just like oh. have to do a trios match for you know to get after yes. the baby faces like that would be hilarious just for a one-off um yeah this is way so, yeah. better than the caveman thing he had going on yeah that, yeah this is you didn't even say anything fun. but i already was like all right this is i, like I need guy. some of this right? yeah <laughs> Uh, then we get back into the ring. Uh, Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, Satnam Singh make their entrance. Uh, Sanjay Dutt, for his credit, is absolutely fun. He oh, is yeah. making every moment of TV count for him. He's in there. He's flexing like Wardlow. He's doing all the fun stuff. Jay Lethal is Jay Lethal. Satnam Singh is tall. And Wardlow comes down and he's like, All right, you want one more chance? But here's the thing I'm beating all three of your asses. And so he makes his way down. And before he can make his way to the ring, his old pinnacle pals come out FTR and then they chase him off uh, out of the ring. Here's my question to you. Maybe I'm reading too much into this. As I mentioned, old pinnacle pals, FTR Wardlow. What do you think about MJF? Oh man. MJF. I'm not saying as a baby face. I'm just saying, what do you think if there's any interaction with like, <clears throat> what were you doing hanging out with Wardlow FTR? Yeah. I, um, yes. Cause the pinnacle I thought was still a thing. Right. But, I, um, I, I, the more time goes on, the more worried the MJF thing was real. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Like they're putting the long Damn. con to pull this work off. Well, Tim, we got the biggest event of their year coming up that we're going to all out. 
I might fucking piss my pants. <laughs> MJF and, comes rolling out at all out. And and MJF to come out to cost the ex WWE guys, CM Punk and John Moxley in the main event is absolutely perfect. Because how do you book yourself out of that? One of the people have one of the guys has to lose. No way. It's a smudge finish, and it's MJF who fucking hates these WWF guys that causes all of it. You could you could even do this where it's not a schmoz finish. It's Tony Khan comes out and he's like, middle of the match, he's like, due to last second, like he's a little upset, right? He's kind of like reading off and he's like, due to last second contractual negotiations, this is now a triple threat match. And then out walks MJF, right? They're laying there fucking dead to the world. He comes out and fucking whap, whap, bam, roll up fucking title. That's Oh, that's awesome. And then the one more detail that would just put it over the top is if Tony Khan like has the contract in his hand. He's like, will you finally sign it? And then MJF signs the contract, pushes it in his chest, and then walks his way into the ring. Oh, Tim, why aren't we so good at this? We're too good at this. (laughs) Um, So yeah, FTR and Wardlow, they chase off uh, Ring of Honor. uh, And that's what we get from there. Uh, then we get Tony Schiavone with the JAS and the 2.0 guys are like, ah, we're going to make history. It's going to be so great. And as kind of on par with her current character, Anna Jay's like, oh, you don't think that's true? I'm going to yeah. choke you out. And yeah. just grabs a girl and just starts choking yeah, her rolled out. it back from the week before. It worked last week. Why not try it again? I um, didn't mind you know, it. Yeah, you know, it was fine. It was fine. Uh, let's get back into the ring here. Ricky Starks takes on Aaron Solo. Pretty quick match. Starks gets the victory. Pretty cool finish, I thought, though. The uh, back spinning kick that he ducks and then running into a spear. One, two, three. Ricky Starks gets the victory. Then here comes Cutie Marshall and the rest of them. And they're beating and the fuck them up. Wads. And the fuck wads. I like that. And Camarado tries to attack um ricky starks with the chair uh and then starks runs into the crowd says ha 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 i'm out of here then we cut backstage and hobbs is pissed like god damn it why didn't they take care of this guy and breaks a tv for no pair why did you have to break a tv come on guys what'd you think of this what'd you think of ricky starks what'd you think of powerhouse hobbs i mean ricky stark still seems to have the world eating out of the palm of his hand crowd loves him um I I kind of was like I I want Nick Camarado as Ricky Stark's bodyguard now. You know what I mean? Like as Bull Buchanan, if you will, right? Yeah, he Let's convinces get... him to leave uh, yeah. the fear, the Fear Factory or the yeah. Factory, whatever they're yes. called. Yes, like um, and fine. Uh, I mean, we're gonna get a continuation of the Starks Hobbs thing. So, yeah, I still want a reason though. I still haven't heard. Yeah, like what the hell is your issue? Right. I get it. You don't like him. Okay, that's apparent. But like, why? Yeah. I don't know. Well, then what? Uh, yeah. It just, I don't know. We need a little bit more there. Uh, let's go backstage after Ricky Starks runs into the crowd. We get the gun club, the ass boys, whatever you want to call them. And Billy is like, you assholes. One thing that I loved about this is he's, is he's like, how did you ruin the only match I've made famous? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, he shit on himself while shitting on them. It was great, great heel stuff. (laughs) But, but nothing worse than a dad's disappointment. I tell you what, that just sucks. Uh, Before he could really lay into him about how disappointed he is in them, 
here comes Stokely Hathaway. Stokely Hathaway's like, hey, Grandpa ass, you got some insure over Gator. some balls on there. Yeah. And this man was two and a half times the size of Stokely Hathaway, and he's just Stokely like, Hathaway hey, you're old. Go up. fucking. Yeah, he knows what's up. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> uh, but then Stokely Hathaway hands a card to the ass boys. Billy grabs it and says, ah, no. And before, again, he could get right back into it, Danhausen shows up, which which you saw, it looked like uh, Billy Gunn got excited. Yes, like, hey, this yeah. fucking dork, you know? And Danhausen says, hey, it's going to be him and the beard guy on on Rampage. And so it's Beerhausen. Mm, it's going to yeah. be Danhausen and Eric Redbeard t- taking on the ass boys. What do you think of this? What do you like about this? I think... <clears throat> We need to, I think the ass boys are ready to make the change and become like a featured tag team fighting for stuff. I think it's time to pull that trigger and let's call them the ass boys. Like go through your whatever coming of of age moment you're going to have there, whether it's fucking giving your daddy the fucking nut punch, healing over on him and fucking getting heel heat and calling yourselves the ass boys or just leaning into it and going full like, crowds into it were the ass boys like pick one and let's roll with it well tim let's revisit our episode from last week our conversation we had when we talked about stokely hathaway going through and handing out the cards and assembling this roster of kind of uh hodgepodge wrestlers here and we got lee moriarty then we got ethan page i thought there was room for one person you made the comment hey there's room it looks like for two people there is it the gun club? Could be. Then you Could get the be. gun club. You get the gun club, Ethan Page, Lee Moriarty, and then I guess still by proxy, I just Jade Cargill. I just I don't know that I like the gun club name. Well, I, maybe the Stokely Hathaway is a marketing so guy, so maybe he right? yeah he he rebrands I, them. I'm telling you, it's got to be the Ass Boys. Again, think of the marketing. The, you know what I mean? Just the... Oh, they already have a t-shirt. It, right? Yeah. The ass boys. Think of like the jokes a guy like Fallon's going to do if, if you... Well, I, I think they're contractually tied to the WWE, aren't they? With right. The thing, yeah. but you get what I mean, I right? Mean, like, right. if they have the ass boys, mm-hmm. the ass boys. There's but no you, other choice. What do you think? You think they joined Stokely, though? I mean, yeah, I can see a way where he could pull that off, where I could marry him into that thing, right? Like, he's just giving him the speech I'm giving him. Like, listen, it's marketing, baby. Come on. Right? Like, gun club, your dad's a joke, right? Like, like, so let's make him a joke. It's ass boys, right? Like, let's go fucking rip off his, you know, imagery and likeness and make money off of his goddamn creation. Because fuck him, right? Like, yeah. And they're like, all right, fine, whatever, right? Like, you know, you can do something like that. I think that's an interesting group albeit i would imagine if stokely hathaway's leading these folks it's more of like a heenan family kind of thing where this Mm -hmm. isn't a faction they're not all friends we're not all friends but like we'll help the boss when needed you know what i mean Mm -hmm. if he needs a run in you know i mean that kind of thing yeah yeah interesting we'll see what happens all right let's get into our first uh championship match for the night right before the main event because uh, we got to get back on track here. It was the TBS championship match. Champion Jade Cargill takes on train wreck Madison Rain. Footface. She is, Footface is still bad at wrestling. Mm. I don't care. What's it been 15 years now? 
She needs another 15 because it was clunky and this wasn't good. We've seen Jade Cargill have good matches with inexperienced people like Anna Jay, like Tay Conti. And so for Madison Rain to have 15 years and this be as clunky and as ugly and as stalled out as it was. And I'm not even a moves guy, right? Like, I don't care. You can throw right hands all the time and I'm fine with it. Eddie Kingston doesn't necessarily do swantons off the top rope and he's my favorite wrestler so it's like i'm not needing a lot here but there was so much of start stop hold talking to each other and it was just miserable and she's the coach Footface is the coach of this division that is not a good sign but jade cardigill gets the win so what do you think of the tbs championship match i think some of the same things right it was clunky it's whatever yeah i'm, I'm hoping madison rain is going to lean heavier on the promo classes maybe uh for these folks you know than than the in-ring stuff i don't know what character does she have though did you see her walk to the cage or walk to the cage walk to the ring yeah. she had a tiara and yeah. then a skirt yeah i mean did you know i mean i think she was serviceable in her character work though in her impact wrestling days you know what i mean like you know look at this Tim. look at this Tim. Yeah, look, it, I was not excited when I saw the news of like, oh, this is going to fix everything. <laughs> so I was actually know. thinking, OK, I don't know what she can do as a coach. Maybe her character, she was handcuffed because impact maybe says you have to do A, B and C. And she didn't like that. But her first impression in AEW, not a fan. And again, as a coach, you got a better one already. Her name's Serena Deeb. Make her the coach. We don't need foot face out here being your coach because she can't wrestle that well sorry actually i'm not sorry it's i mean it um if i would have told you nine years ago when we had our infamous you didn't recognize the name madison rain moment that we would nine years later still be talking about this (laughs) worst it's the worst why you can't get away the, from madison rain that's a curse of the spanish announce table um so after the match though kira hogan and jade cargill they're putting the boots to old uh foot face here and out of the crowd or from wherever comes athena and another character her wrestling i will say is not bad. I do like Athena's matches and her finisher is badass. It's one of the best finishers visually in all of pro wrestling, man or woman. I think it's awesome. But I've told you this once and I'll tell it to you again. I don't know what her character is. She seems to be a third of 10 different things. And just like in football, if you got two quarterbacks, you got none. If you got 10 different types of, well, she's a a goddess, but then she's a fallen angel, but then she's a, a, a bratty you know, snapping black girl, but then she's kind of a white girl mall type. It's like, I don't know what the fuck you are. Yeah. I think we might've made this correlation before, but I feel the same when I watch Sasha Banks with her, with Athena is that it feels like a cosplayer playing a wrestler. Right. I w- Yes. And Barry, that's a hundred percent spot. And not, on. That's I would- not to say like, again, wrestling is, t- is fine. Right. Like better than average. Yeah. Uh, not to say that it's just that like that's the feel of the character i get the like it almost feels like a real life bailey right where it's like in one moment it's like i'm just so happy to be here but like oh i'm supposed to it's camera now i need to turn it on and and uh it just i don't know 
I don't know. It's it's always just not attached to me. I agree. Mm-hmm. So we get backstage. Tony Storm, Thunder Rosa. They're with Tony Schiavone. Uh, we find out Tony Storm is back to being the number one contender because Chris Statlander's hurt. And they have this awkward uh, interaction. Thunderstorm uh, does. Tony Storm, Thunder Rosa. Where essentially Tony Storm's like, hey, you know, like my number one goal is that. And Thunder Rosa's like, yeah, I, I get it. But like, we'll talk about that later. Here's my conspiracy theory. Let's all put our, our tinfoil hats on here for a second. Oh, I got mine right here. Oh, yeah, okay. okay all right, yeah. Give everyone a second who's listening on the podcast. All right, are you ready? Go. I think it was Tony Storm who hurt Chris Statlander to become the number one. Yeah. yeah, Tony Storm's. This is the beer money moment, right? The mm-hmm. Right? As you recall, they lost the match because Tony Storm booty bombed her in the face accidentally maybe it wasn't an accident i'm just saying i like that'd it. be fun yep it would be fun now let's get to the main event for the aw interim world championship it is champion john moxley taking on chris jericho's version of lionheart in this match whatever what pain maker i didn't get this side note I didn't get this. Lionheart was supposed to be the, hey, everyone, I can do it by doing moonsaults and arm drags. And the first thing he does is flips off John Moxley. I'm not the biggest Chris Jericho fan, but I have followed his career for 30 plus years. I never have recalled Lionheart Chris Jericho flipping off anyone or ripping earrings out of people's heads. So I don't know, like this was just name only as far as Chris Jericho wrestling as someone. Right. It's like if you were playing 2K and you selected the outfit for 2K, you know, of Lionheart, but like the moveset of the pain maker, right? Yeah. Like you said, and made this weird Chris Jericho amalgamation. I tell you what, Tim, AW video games coming out soon. Mm-hmm. I would not be shocked if that is an option you have, or like if you choose Chris Jericho. Skins. Yeah, you could go Painmaker, uh, Bubbly, you know, bi- you know, uh, what's the little bit of the Bubbly, yep. Lionheart, mm-hmm. all of this stuff, you know. I wouldn't be shocked. That, that'd be something that probably happened. So this is, again, knockdown, drag out fight. We get one, you know, uh, some one-twos to the face. We get a earring pulled out of someone's head. We get blood because John Moxley has to do it now in every match. And we get John Moxley winning with a rear naked choke, he captures the far arm for Chris Jericho. Good technique by uh, John Moxley. Side note on there. And John Moxley gets the win. Chris Jericho taps out. Immediately after the match, though, uh, Jericho's goons come out. They're kicking Moxley. BCC comes out. They're kicking Jericho's goons. More of Jericho's goons come out. So uh, BCC, Eddie Kingston are outnumbered. And then the music hits. And as Katie said earlier in the episode, we get the return from injury of the true AEW champion, CM Punk. And he's knocking them down. He's beating up all the Jericho guys. Ah, well, here's one here. Here's a, how's your father? Hey, look at that. Suck my dick. And then here's you go outside the ring. And then we get the stare down between John Moxley and CM Punk. And we think it's just going to be cordial, but that ain't John Moxley's style. He gives him a middle finger and a shoulder check 
and walks out of the ring. Tim, the return of CM Punk, your comments. I'm excited for how this is going to play out, right? I mean, I, I, I still feel like we're going to get CM Punk's run, right? So I think he's going to win this feud, but it'll be an interesting storyline going into All Out. I'm sure this is where we're getting this, right? And I'm excited to see it live. I'm excited to see MJF come in and crash the party. Um, um, yeah, man. I, uh, I'll give him this. I didn't expect this, right? This no. one was a shocker. Yeah, and I will say, so now let's take a step back. So that was AEW Dynamite, Quake by the Lake. thought it was a very good show. Obviously, you had some major moments here chief among them being the return of CM Punk who comes to save the day, right? Uh, this is how I feel about AEW's reaction, though, to the wrestling world. It felt like WWE now with Triple H in charge, and we caught enough hell about this on our TikTok page, so I won't go into it again. But everyone, the bell of the ball was now WWE because Triple H is in charge of creative, and oh, Woe is me. It's going to be the greatest day of all time because a new, a new day has started pun intended. Right. So credit to AEW who say, Oh, okay, cool. Hey, remember the guy, everyone loved CM Punk. Well, that motherfucker's back. Oh, and then the, the best technical wrestler in the world. Guess what? He's back next week in a two out of three falls match with your favorite indie darling, Daniel Garcia. Oh, and by the way, our WrestleMania is coming up in about three weeks. So here's this hand, and here's this hand, and it can all go right there to sucking it. So, like, I like the reaction right that it right there. Uh, you there. know what I mean? Right. Yes. There. I liked how AEW, and again, everyone knows I'm a little bit more biased to AEW because they haven't broke my heart yet, right? There's been, there hasn't been a huge flop besides the fireworks but that's not their fault that was just they didn't have a chance to do take two um and so i'm a little bit more biased to aw but i liked how they didn't just go well i guess uh wwe's winning for this month we'll just kind of cower away and uh, lick our wounds and come back at it in the next quarter like no we're going at it right now you want the you want the dexter loomis is that your cool thing here's cm punk Oh, oh, you got Karrion Cross. We got Brian Danielson. And I was like, okay, well, okay. Yeah. you know? Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, and speaking of that WWE thing, I mean, you, you hit the highlights there, but we are in now, what, week one and a half, week two of the Triple H is in charge. Uh, so mm -hmm. we're seeing some of the band get back together, right? We get the Karrion Cross shows up. We get uh, word is Johnny Gargano's been on the phone, right? Champa's getting main event time, or you know, maybe not main event time, but he's getting main roster TV time. We get the Dexter Loomis thing, right? Yeah. Quick side note, though, shout out to Tommaso Ciampa in his United States Championship match against Bobby Lashley, walking out in the Harley Race robe. We're mm -hmm. Kansas City, if you don't know. We love Harley Race. This is a Harley Race Appreciation Podcast. And so uh, we appreciate Tommaso Ciampa uh, giving a, uh, a tip of the cap to old Harley Race. So shout out for him for at least doing that part. He did lose, but still, it was awesome to see that. Harley Race Appreciation Podcast. That's what this is, boy. Yeah, you got something to say. I'm going to hit you with the left hand. And if you're still standing up, I'm going to walk behind you and see what's holding you up. Quote Harley Race. One of the best quotes of yeah. at all time. 
So yeah, let's talk about this. So now WWE, Karrion Cross. This is the, I talk, so Ron Funches, not to p- plug another podcast, but Ron Funches now does a pro wrestling podcast called One Fall. Yeah, he, he's uh, done it for two weeks. He does it on Spotify Green Room. He takes calls. You can talk to him. I've talked to him two weeks in a row. We're friends. He's coming into town this weekend. We're going to hang out. No big deal. Um, but he asked me my comments on Karrion Cross, and I said it there and I'll say it here. To me, the most infamous moment from Karrion Cross's NXT career was not winning the title or not beating all of them in a elimination match or whatever. It was Adam Cole eviscerating Karrion Cross and saying like, you know why they're watching? It's because of me, not because of you. They like you. The crowd wants me. And like Karrion Cross had nothing to say. He just stood there and took it. I was like, I guess you're right. And so that's the most memorable moment to me of carrying cross. Yeah. And then now he's on the main roster wearing a biker jacket and tell me the difference besides a girlfriend, besides a girlfriend. I want anyone hashtag tweet the table. If you're on TikTok, we'll clip this comment down below. Tell me the difference between carrying cross and Damian priest. There isn't, tell there me. isn't. Uh, and I just, I don't. Yeah. I, I look it's not our style to be spookyish right you and I personally it's not our thing yeah. um but I also just think like he's not pulling it off that great I think he's a bit overacting which again it's pro wrestling so that feels weird well I to think say. she's overacting I think yes, she's overacting. she is as well yes and so I just I've never gotten into it I know like he attacked Drew McIntyre but did you see the Drew McIntyre tweet where he's like did I just get jumped by a guy that when I last saw wearing bondage and a helmet? <laughs> it's like I've, I've had worse. Or he's like, I've had better days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's the other thing, too, is he comes back and hair or no hair. That's besides the point. Yeah. But he comes back in a in a jacket and a T-shirt. And so, again, that goes, my mind goes to Damian Priest when we couldn't find out what he was. Was he hanging out with chicks in the back of a car after winning the U.S. title? Or was he doing the bow and arrow and the lights go out and he's spooky Damian Priest, right? So, same thing with Karrion Cross. And here's the second thing I'll say about Triple H leading creative. I liked 100% the storytelling in this Monday Night Raw with the car crash, ambulance, at the very end, it's Dexter Loomis. I think Dexter Loomis is kind of one note, and after you play that one note, I'm tired of it. But still, the episode of Monday Night Raw of his story was great. Well, the unique of this storytelling aspect that we haven't got with WWE for the last 40 years is there was subtlety in this one. It yes. wasn't like, what is the car crash? What is that behind going? Like the the ping you on the head with it like make sure you look at this 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 that seemed to be missing from this at least this particular storyline that they were telling so i loved it and i thought it was great 10 out of 10 for that specific story but this has been my concern ever since they said triple h was going to be in charge of creative and i told you this i think off air but i'll say it on the podcast now triple h does amazing storytelling when he was in NXT. 
but he had the benefit of, hey, I told the story of Kevin Owens. I told the story of Finn Balor. And now they can graduate to the main roster. And right behind them, I'm going to bring up Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, right? Like that's what he would do. He would tell that one story for as long as it took and then push them to the main roster and then immediately bring in the next one ready-made because they were in the mid card. And it was awesome. And takeovers were great. 100%. We all love this. Now it's a different story. After you tell that one great story from Damian Priest or whoever that person is, what's your next story for him? Because you can't just move them up to the main roster. And let's not forget, for as much as Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano was an amazing NXT rivalry, and it was, they also did an empty arena match where no one fucking liked it. And we all kept saying, oh, they're running this back again and so my concern is i guess it, it's it's kind of i'll use another sports analogy it's uh do it in the playoffs do it in the super bowl right cool you're doing this stuff in nxt that's the regular season we have all the the benefits of not really being watched or moving people to the main roster all that stuff now the the lights are the brightest do it now and so i'm not saying he can't I'm just saying, I'm not jumping on that bandwagon until I see some proof that we get three months after a storyline is finished for Wrestler X and we get their second story and we can continue some stuff here. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel the same way uh, in re with the whole Triple H scenario. It's like, yes, there's some changes, but I don't, there's only so much I think you can change given some of the parameters like you're saying this is the longest running show in broadway and you're gonna have to use that same character 15 more times and if they're not bringing some new ideas to the table it's on you and it's hard to be good every time you spit out an idea so i think they're by nature we're gonna get some of the same characteristics of like oh they're running the same thing back again because I mean, you try it, right? Like, so I, it's hard. I get it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I get it. Um, yeah. And I just, yes, there's, we've sprinkled some differences. We've got, you know, five to seven people back now. And right, like subtlety. So, right. So, you know, I'm, I'm willing to give it time. I'm checking it out more now. Right. And we'll see how it goes. But I, I'm, you know, I, I, I don't have the highest, highest of hopes, but I'm like, yeah, you know, there's some mild improvement here. Yes, I will say like it is more enjoyable now to watch a, an episode of Monday Night Raw than it was six months ago when I stopped watching, right? right? When I stopped watching that episode compared to the episode I watched on Monday, it was a more enjoyable experience. I guess I would just like to tell everyone to just like calm. You can calm down again. You can get excited about storylines, right? Like we did with the young bucks and Hangman and this trios tournament and all that stuff, but that's in the moment. What's going to happen. All this is fun in no way though. Are we going to be like, you know what the greatest thing of the year is going to be this trios tournament. This is easily going to be the greatest thing of the year. Look what they just did there. They just told subtlety with Hangman and the young bucks. We said, Oh, this could be fun. This is going to be interesting, but we're, Let's go back to a, a tried and true uh, phrase here at Spanish Nouns Table. We were positive and patient. 
And that's what I would coach all of the IWC to be with Triple H. As it seems great, he is doing some different things that have been enjoyable, but let's just be positive and patient before we crown Triple H as the greatest mind in pro wrestling. That's all. I, I can't think of a better way to end it. I just, yeah, everybody just needs to be positive and patient. The Spanish announce table.